In June 1979, a happy family were waiting for a ferry to transport them to Luna Park, which is a popular amusement park located in Sydney, New South Wales. Jenny and John Godson looked forward to this moment for a very long time, as they'd been wanting to spoil their two young sons with a fun day out. After having visited the Taronga Zoo, they finally made their way to Luna Park, where they had a whale of a time going on different rides that the park had to offer. At the end of the night, the family had one final decision to make before leaving for home, which ride they would spend their final four tickets on. The boys decided on the ghost train and headed towards the ride with their father. Jenny, meanwhile, went off to get some ice cream. When she returned a few moments later, she walked into the scene of a nightmare. Instead of seeing her husband and two boys having fun on the ghost train ride, she saw smoke billowing out of the train as it hurtled down the tracks, and park employees trying desperately to get people off the ride each time it emerged from the tunnel. Jenny's husband and two boys, along with four other passengers, never made it out of the ride, and sadly burned to death in the Luna Park ghost train fire. Sometime after the tragedy, Jenny came across some photographs that were taken during that horrible day and stopped to stare at one in particular. It was a picture of her son Damien, the last photo anyone had ever taken, which shows the little boy posing next to an intimidating figure wearing a demonic looking mask with horns on its head. They were never able to locate the person in this photo. After the fact, a comparison was made between the figure in the mask and the demon Moloch. It is believed Moloch preferred children to be burnt alive as sacrifices. Was this a sinister way to offer up a human sacrifice to an ancient god, or was it deliberate arson in a business dispute that some others have claimed? Jenny Godson believed that something evil was at work, but the mystery of exactly who the horned masked man was still remains. In May 2007, Annie Buckingham, a niece of Sydney underworld figure Abe Saffron, claimed in an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald that her uncle was indeed responsible for the fire. Saffron had been associated with several other arson attacks in the two years following the ghost train fire, although he has repeatedly denied any involvement with the ghost train fire. Former park artist Martin Sharp claimed that Saffron had approached the Luna Parker owners several years before the fire, offering to buy the park. In March 2021, the Australian national broadcaster, the ABC, screened a three-part investigation series called Exposed, the Ghost Train Fire. The series investigated potential evidence around the fire and the personalities involved, interviewing all surviving family of the fire victims, along with many judicial figures and police investigators at the time. The investigation also brought to light much of Sharp's evidence from his archive files and tapes on the case. The investigation concluded a web of criminality extending between Saffron, former New South Wales Premier Neville Run, former High Court Justice Lionel Murphy, and organised crime boss Jack Rooklin, was responsible for the fire, with Saffron allegedly ordering the lighting of the fire, which was carried out by a group of bikies, so Saffron could gain control on the lease on the Crown land which Luna Park stood. The program suggested that a Royal Commission into the case should be opened with all the new evidence taken into account. There is currently a $1 million reward on offer for any information on the Lunar Park Ghost Train Fire. A claim can be made even 
if the tip does not lead to a charge or conviction. Five young men were murdered in Adelaide, South Australia between 1979 and 1983, and many of the police suspects had high-profile occupations, which led to the conspiracy that some experts have suggested that these murders were not the only ones and were merely part of a larger string of kidnappings and sexual assaults on boys and young men at the time, thought by some to be committed by a group of people known as the family. The victims were 16-year-old Alan Barnes, 25-year-old Neil Mia, 14-year-old Peter Stogniff, 18-year-old Mark Langley, and 15-year-old Richard Calvin. Bodies were found in each case, and although little could be determined from Peter Stogniff's murder due to the accidental interference of the crime scene, the other four had all died of massive blood loss from anal injuries. Each of the victims had been administered a powerful sedative drug that also had a hypnotic effect. Police believe up to 12 people several of them high-profile Australians, were involved in the kidnapping. One of the family is even believed to be a surgeon, due to the precise mutilation and the staging of some of the victims. The suspects and their associates were linked mainly by their shared habit of actively seeking out young males for sex, and sometimes drugging and raping their victims. Despite recent DNA testing, only one suspect has ever been charged. Bevan von Eymann was convicted in 1984 for the murder of Calvin and was sentenced to prison for life. In 1989, von Eymann was charged with the murder of two other victims, Barnes and Langley. But the prosecution entered a nolle prosequi, the voluntary discontinue of criminal charges, when crucially similar fact evidence was deemed inadmissible by the presiding judge. Von Eymann was also one of the last people seen with the fourth victim, Mr. Mia, following his abduction. A $1 million reward has been offered for any information that can lead police to a conviction. The Lady Marion trawler, captained by Mark Peterson, was out on the Hawkesbury River in August of 1994 when he felt a strong tug on his fishing net. It was a lovely day, and Mark was convinced that he had snagged a decent haul. Unfortunately, what he pulled up from the water was not fish at all, but a heavy piece of steel in the shape of a crucifix. Attached to it were the remains of a person. The crucifix was 1.82 metres high and weighed as much as 50 kilos. Peterson rung the police in shock, and they took possession of the remains and the crucifix. Forensic pathologists found that the remains were of a human male, aged between 21 and 41, and the body had been intentionally arranged on the crucifix. The entirety of the body was wrapped in plastic, including the head. There were wires wrapped around the head and the torso of the victim. Unfortunately, due to erosion of the fingerprints, the man could not be identified. Called the Rackman by media, his identity remained a mystery until only recently, and the case has yet to be closed by police. Rackman's body was held at the Glebe Morgue for over 20 years, known only as Unknown Human Remains E48293.
At the end of August 2018, New South Wales State Coroner Paul McMahon officially ruled that the mysterious remains belonged to a 37-year-old Sydney man who was a known gambler, Max Tenesevsky. The crucifix appeared to match Max's size almost perfectly, suggesting that this was a targeted killing. This isn't a crime scene that appears to be a random attack, but one with the intent of sending a message to warn others not to cross them again. This is what investigators back in 1994 suspected, and is the lead that they are now most likely to pursue. The Hawkesby River is over 120 kilometres long. How many other wreckmen may be hidden in its inky flow? Sarah McDermott was on the train home in July of 1990 after playing tennis with her friends. She was travelling from East Melbourne back to Kananook, where she had left her vehicle when she disappeared without a trace. Her friends left the train at Bond Beach a few stops before Sarah, leaving Sarah alone. She was last seen getting off the train at Kananook Station and heading towards her car, which was located in the car park at 10.20pm. Her brother checked that her car was still at the station and Sarah wasn't on the last train of the day at 1am. The following day, after hearing that she wasn't at work, Sarah was reported missing. Police investigated the disappearance and found bloodstains on the ground beside her 1978 Honda Civic, which had been left at the station's car park. They also noted that there were drag marks that led into the bushes. There they found a cigarette lighter belonging to Sarah. These were their only clues. Sarah McDermott, 23, vanished from the railway station near Frankston, Victoria in 1990 and her body was never found. A massive air, sea and land search were conducted over three weeks with more than 250 police personnel involved but nothing was ever uncovered. Later, appeals for information uncovered two witnesses who reported they heard a woman at the station yell, give me back my keys. In May 2014, News Corp Australia claimed that the police investigators considered convicted Australian serial killer Ben Daly Debs to be a suspect in this case. Media quoted a senior police source who said it was common practice for homicide investigators to examine links between unsolved murders and known offenders. Although Debs was a suspect, he wasn't the only one. Other suspects included Jody Jones, a prostitute and drug addict who had once killed a man by jumping from a fence onto his chest and piercing his heart with her stiletto heel. Jones confessed to being at the scene to her friends, but denied the confession. Jones died of a heroin overdose just 14 months after Sarah's disappearance. Poor Denya, the Frankston serial killer, was also a suspect, but seemed to be unlikely perpetrator due to his MO of leaving his victims in the open. His denial seemed plausible, even though he lived within a couple of minutes of the Kanganox station. A Victorian spokesperson declined to comment to the media regarding the suspects of McDermott's disappearance, as it's still an active case. A $1 million reward has been offered for any information that can lead police to a conviction in this baffling case.
with so many unsolved mysteries here in Australia, it makes us wonder what else we don't know about. Do you know of any cases that you would like to see covered on this channel? Please leave a comment below. And always, be safe out there.